ready. Oh, uh, yeah, we're back, baby. Another episode of Barbells and Tall Tales. Coming at you live. Are Woo! you ready? My man, Dean Sweat. Today, we are calling today's episode Bizarro Barbells and Tall Tales. Bizarro. Because Barbell Nation, I have been accused of holding Dean hostage. Yes. Not letting Dean know the topics ahead yes. of time. Uh, so what Guilty I, as charged. So what I have come up with is today, uh, the golden voice, yours truly, the icon, Jam Patterson. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. No. Oh, no, I would have called you. Uh, well, I can't say. This is a family-rated show. Well, rated G, Jam. So... But we're, we're going to let Dean run the topics today. Now That's listen, right, baby. Now, listen, Dean sent me a text. Uh, I don't think you've read it, though. Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I don't think you read it. And it had some que- And I know it has some questions in there. It said unread for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> so you see how much I put in to the show. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you uh, as, we, as we talk about this today. Dean will will study. He will look up facts. He will he will go into it. I mean, he wants to give the fans the very best. Dean's disciples find. deserve the best. They deserve it. Me, I come in, sit down, hit play, record. I could care less. Cause listen, I I don't care. I speak my opinion. You know, Dean can speak facts, but usually my opinions outweigh his facts. Because I am that good. Why you sound like Joe Biden? And so, uh, Dean, I'm going to hand over the the show to you. He's got some topics, ladies and gentlemen. And just know this: I, by the end of this show, will have destroyed Dean Sweat once again, without any knowledge of what's coming our way. So, all right, got, guys. Dean? All right, so guys, we all know yesterday was NFL Sunday, which uh, whoop, there whoop. We, we had some great games. Um, I just went back and watched some highlights of the Jets. They came back, scored with Joe Flacco, mind you, came back and scored two touchdowns against the Browns, which the Browns beat us last week. Right. So th- how, how does that make you feel as a Panthers fan that the Jets destroyed the team that beat you All the week well, before? It, it, it just goes to prove my point last week uh, because I believe Dean Sweat said the defense was all picked up by – Fitty. Yeah, Fitty. Fitty. Scott Fitterer. So, Scott Fitterer. Fitty. Put your defense together, and you could not. But to be honest with you, now, Scott Fitterer is the general manager, but the head coach has the final say in who he hires and who he doesn't. No, I I get that. But, look, you know, we can always pass the buck to wherever it needs to be, right? Yeah. Like, who is the owner of the Panthers now? David Tepper. So, we could really ultimately place the blame on him because he hired Scott Fitterer. He allowed – uh, the I think when he goes to the coach. bathroom, when when he goes to the bathroom, he takes his mask off and he's actually Jerry Jones underneath. And he could be because you know I look at it. Uh, your boy Fitterer, Fitty, hired your offensive coordinator, who is McAdoo. McAdoo. McAdoo don't do nothing. Whose last job was uh, the Giants? He was a uh, head coach. Head, yeah, he was for the Giants, I believe. And so my question, ladies and gentlemen, as the team Dean that just in, beat us, as Dean gets into his topics today, why? And this is just not for the Panthers, right? I mean, I'm I'm looking over the NFL uh, period. Why, as a general manager, like the Giants hired uh, what was my man's name who was. The head coach in Dallas, and they brought him in as an offensive oh, coordinator. God, uh, Jason Garrett. Why? 
Right. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Claps. Mr. Claps. Right. So if you know this guy's a loser yeah. already, well, why hire him? I, I think, honestly, I think what they do is they, they bring them in as, let's say, an offensive coordinator, a defense coordinator, because that's what they were when they were noticed. And then they're going to say, well, okay, well, if he was a good offensive or good defensive coordinator, let's uh, or or a quarterback coach, let's bring him in as our head coach, and he can build around that. Right, but to me, there's probably some young guys out there who are really, really good, but they get called up or they get missed out because they keep this fraternity of coaches together their whole life, mm-hmm. and they're not any good. Well, and that's that's kind of what Matt Rule has done. Like I know he's 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 friends with Ben McAdoo. He probably vouched for Ben McAdoo. Right. So yeah. And so and Fitty let this happen. Yeah. Your man, your savior yeah. of the Panthers yeah, franchise. Fitty. Yep, Fitty. Alright. Um. So, anyways, like I said, um, Joe Flacco scores fourteen points, two touchdowns in ninety seconds. Which is to ridiculous. end the game and and beat the Browns. The Panthers couldn't score two touchdowns all day. No, they couldn't. They and, couldn't. And Joe Flacco, who's fifty six years old, who has an arm like a spaghetti noodle. Yep. Went for two touchdowns. Yep. Ridiculous. Two for touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Yep. So I really just wanted to talk. There's a lot of hate going on for Matt Rule, you know, our coach, and uh, I just got to say that, um, in all honesty, he's the greatest. Well, tell me, before you go into he's the greatest, uh, I, I wanted to send you something, but I didn't want to give you a heads up before the show because that's how I do. What is that's it? That's how I well, do. Okay, well, let's see what it is. Let me pull this up, ladies and gentlemen, in case you have not seen this today. There is a company in Charlotte called The Wing Joint. and they I are think giving, I've heard about this, yeah. And they are giving free wings. If Matt Rule is fired today by 5 p.m. Oh, God, I really hope they give out some wings. I will go I will go to this wing place and get me some wings if that happens. We got nine minutes Come to on. get free wings. Make it happen, Tepper. Let's go. But really, in all honesty, though, I, I, Matt Rule is the greatest. The greatest at what? He's the greatest used car salesman of all time. Oh, Lord. This man fooled. David Tapper into believing that he was worth seven years and $62 million. Come on, people. Gosh almighty. This man is oh, this man is 1-25 when our opponents score more than 17 points, Jam. You're telling me when we go up by two touchdowns and a field goal, we just can't do anything. We're done. Time out. Uh, what is your record below that? Did you see uh, that? He's, he's got 10 wins, Jam. 10 and 0. 10. 10. 16, and, 16 and under there, 10 and 0. Yes, 10 so, wins. Fiddy's defense is causing Matt Rule his job. Yes. I, well, Matt oh, Rule. You heard it. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Rule has got to go. Yes. Listen to this. We've lost nine straight games. That's the longest losing streak in the league currently. Chuba Hubbard, your boy, your boy Chuba, your boy Chuba, Dropped the ball on the kick opening kickoff of the game. He's gone. He's traded. He's going to be playing in the XFL for the next 17 years. He's never coming back. He's never going to put on another Panthers uniform. And Ben McAdoo, terrible at play calling. DJ Moore. We had DJ Moore on one drive. We went to DJ Moore twice. It ended in the only touchdown that we scored. Correct. Not He was, un- he was nowhere to be. He was irrelevant the rest of the game. I agree. Why, when something is working, why do you go from it? 
I, I have yet to figure that Christian out. Christian McCaffrey, we said last year, when we get Christian McCaffrey healthy, we're not going to give him as many touches. We're, you know, 40 games. He got, he got the ball 16 times for 100 yards. Imagine if we'd give it to him 25. Well, we talked about that last week, right? Uh, you know, I said you can't lean on him heavily because he gets hurt. And so they brought in Baker. They got DJ Moore. They got Chenault. They got Robbie Anderson. They got Shy Smith, who couldn't catch COVID if he was in the middle of Wuhan. It, it, ridiculous. Mean, okay, do you remember the third down when uh, Baker lobs it up to him? He's over here looking at his uh, at his cornerback. He's over here looking at his defender instead of running the route. If he runs that route, that's that's six points. So, uh, you know, my only thing, right? And I I agree with everything you're saying. Matt Rule does have to go, one hundred percent. But my thing, and I'm I'm sticking to this, and you and your buddy who you called on the phone last week after the show, uh, if Fiddy Fiddy doesn't fire Matt Rule, they both need to go because you're an incompetent GM that allows this guy to stick around. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm starting uh, I'm starting with Matt Rule, and then we're gonna go from there. But do you agree or not? I mean. It's ultimately, it is ultimately Fiddy's job. I mean, if, but the, if the guy is not doing the job, you get rid of it him. It also goes back to what I said. The head coach says has the last word on who he wants to hire. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. So I, let's 100%. get rid of the head coach and let's see what happens. But, uh, yeah. What I'm saying, though, is if, if he doesn't do that, yeah. if, he do, if he sticks with Matt Rule, yeah. he's got to go too. Yeah. Because I, you're, you're showing me right off the bat we're okay with mediocrity. Yeah, I, and and I'm I'm not as a Panthers well, I'm fan. Either. I'm not. Um, I seen a stat yesterday as well. Um, we have went a full year since we went over 200 passing yards in a right. game, uh, and that's that's sad. We went through I think five or six quarterbacks since Matt Rule's been there. Um, I I've got a I've got a thing that I've got something that I would like to see happen. I would like to see Rule gone. Just go ahead and let him out of his contract. And let's give Steve Wilkes a chance. He was there when we went to the Super Bowl. Uh, he's our defensive coordinator now. Um, let's give him a shot and uh, see what he can do. He I, was there when uh, when we actually had a football culture, you know, during the yep. 15, you know, when we won three NFC I, championships I in a row. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I want you to look up something. Okay. I, and I have no idea, but I think in my head, because you know me, I got no stats. Yeah. I want you to go to your phone. Okay. I want you to pull up last season. Last season, I want you to look up the first three or four Panthers games. Mm-hmm. All right, and I want to. What I'm going to say here, you're not going to believe, but I believe I'm correct. What Baker Mayfield has done is the greatest magic trick of all time, uh, and so the Panthers fell for it. Everybody thought he was an elite quarterback. He's basically came to the Panthers, who have wide receivers that are good. These these are not these are no slum wide receivers that we would always say Cam Newton had. Yeah. W- would we agree on that? Um, yeah, DJ yeah. Moore, I, yeah, DJ Moore. Robbie yeah, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Com- compared to what Cam had, yeah. they're better. Yeah. Right? Agree or disagree? Mm-hmm. Look up Sam Donald's numbers last year compared to Baker's. Compares wins and losses. Well, because for the first, for the first, for the first, first, first games, games, it was good. Yeah, Sam Donald yeah. was yeah. the world beater. Like they thought that we had made the greatest. Oh yeah, we went on a run there. We yeah. went on a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Baker Mayfield and the Browns tricked everyone to believing that Baker was elite, and the Panthers fell for it. Well, what I have noticed with Baker 
um, by behind center. And, you know, I'd never watched him. Being a Browns guy, right. I never watched him. You know, he's, he's a Browns. I, you know, I only see him on, like, Monday Night I Football. Understand. That's it. Yep. Um, I, I didn't realize that he has the most deflective passes in the league. Oh, yeah. He, because I mean, he, every he, he, ev- he evidently he's not, like, a very tall guy. I mean, he's right there with Kyler Murray. And that's why he runs out of the pocket a lot of times. To, Even when to, the pocket's not collapsed, he runs out of the pocket. To and be able to see. Makes himself vulnerable. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so. get it. And so he's the greatest magician ever. He is he is conned Carolina, the Browns and Baker Mayfield conned Carolina into thinking he was. I mean, they didn't give up much for him. Yeah. But I mean, he's no good. Yeah. Well, you'd, my, be, you'd be better off with PJ Walker at quarterback. Well, my my question is, what do we do after this year? Well, we're, I mean, if if the performances keep up like this, there's no way they're re-signing him. You and can't. Baker will Baker will probably be done in the NFL. I, I mean, he's got to be. There's only a couple jobs that Baker Mayfield could go to. He could probably go to Indianapolis because Matt Ryan is showing all kinds of sign of age. Yes. Like, yes. I mean, the Colts put looked, up a Put up a goose egg yesterday, yeah, right? the Colts looked atrocious yesterday. Yep. Uh, you may could go to the Commanders because Carson Wentz is also atrocious. Yep. He's not very good. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember, if you go back a couple of episodes, you were saying he was going to win it, win the division for uh, the uh, the uh, Redskins. I know. I said yeah. Uh, my comeback player of the year was Mitch Trubisky. You did? Now, I said, you did? I, you I also said, said – uh, I said the commanders will win that division yeah. because it's that sorry. But I never said it was because of Wentz. Yeah. Antonio Gibson, uh, Curtis Samuel – uh, McLaurin, how you say his McLaurin, how you say his last name? Uh, yeah, McLaurin, Terry, yeah. Uh, I mean, there, and then that Robinson, the rookie running back who got shot, shot at gun, you know, when they robbed yeah. his car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, they, they need it's to time to move to a different neighborhood, but yeah. <laughs> And so, I mean, he, he may, you know, he could end up over, you know, uh, Oh shoot! What's it called with the immigrants where they ran them out? Oh, Martha's Vineyard. Martha's oh, that's Vineyard. I, I've I've been having fun watching that story. That's a whole other episode, though. I, I am all for that pettiness. Yeah. <laughs> I love watching it. Oh yeah. And so I mean, they could be great, but the Panthers, uh, their offensive line looks good. Their defense looks good, even though I pick on it because they let the the you know uh, the Browns do that to them. Uh, you, but you got to get a quarterback. And Baker Mayfield's not it. Sam Darnold's not. Well, you it. know, Lamar Jackson's holding out right now. He for, is. for more money. And so, but you know, and here's the age-old question, right? Do you spend a lot of money on a quarterback and you put mid-level talent around him because that's all you can afford now, or do you get a a decent quarterback and load it up with all kind of talent? I mean, you got to look. Uh, Joe Flacco. They built a they built a team around him. I mean, he's a, he is a Super Bowl he's winner. a Super Bowl champion. Had nothing. Uh, had nothing. Who was who was the guy for Tampa Bay that won uh, back in uh, 03? Who was there? Uh, uh, he wasn't nothing special. Uh, he well, I know but, the, the uh, Baltimore also had Trent Dilfer. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, you can find a game manager. Oh yeah, to get it done. Oh yeah, without and a so doubt. Is that is that what we think the Panthers need to do? I mean, I'm for it. I'm for it. I mean, look what we did with Jake Delhomme. Uh, I, I would say Jake DeLone was better get better than a game manager. He's better than Cam. No, there's no way. He's no, better than Cam. Cam has crushed every single one of his stats, okay? Better All than right. Cam. No way. All right, so we're talking about sports. We're talking about Sunday football, and it got me thinking. Oh. So, uh, where, where, how are we on time? Well, okay, oh, we, we got, we got plenty, of plenty of time. All right, so it got me thinking, man. It got me thinking about 
sports memories that are imprinted on your mind. Okay. Whether it's like, you know, Jordan wins his sixth title. Right. You know, uh, the Cubs win the World Series. The, the Red Sox win the World Series. What is a sports memory or memories? Because we're going to cover more than just okay. one. But what is the sports memory that you just say, I remember where I was, who I was with, we were so excited, you know, or we were so shocked or couldn't believe it or dismayed. Uh, tell us, Jam, uh, do, you, do you have one? Oh, I got, I got one that's really cool. Okay, one let's really go cool. with it. Let's go with uh, it. I was in college. I went to college in Canada. Duke was going for their back-to-back championship, 1992. Ooh. Uh, they were playing Monday night, of course. I yep. had to leave for college. Didn't, uh, they get, don't the game, didn't the game start at like 9 o'clock? Yeah, depending? real yeah. late, real yeah, late. They still do, I think. And for so the uh, I had to leave that month, no, I'm sorry, that Sunday to drive to Canada. And so I had walked in this sports store, and I was like, hey, bro, I said, any chance that you guys have a Duke national title shirt for this year? He was like, they haven't played yet. I said, I get that. I said, I've got to drive to Canada. Uh, I go to college up there. Is there any chance you have some that are already made just in case they win that you could sell them the day after? He said, yeah, we do. I said, can I buy one? Oh, and that's, that is like an omen right there. Like you, you actually were going to buy it oh, before. I, I bought the shirt. You know, you realize those would have went to third world countries yeah. if I bought they the, were lost. I bought the national championship shirt the day before they played and won the title. And I wore that shirt while I watched the game. Oh, my God. And you cursed him, man. We won. I know they won. I remember the game. but And so I wore it, and I can remember sitting there, and people were making fun of me because we thought Duke was going to lose. Yep. And they won that game. And that I was, was Christian like, Leitner, right? Yeah, yeah. I had the very – to me, I don't know, but in my mind, I had the very first back-to-back national championship shirt ever purchased. Oh, without a doubt you did. You had it a day before everybody else. Absolutely. I always thought they were supposed to keep those sealed up. I, well, I mean, I I just happened to – I mean, just got lucky. You know, when the Panthers went to uh, – in Super Bowl 50, when they went out to California, um, I told my work, I said, listen, I'm I'm letting you know if the Panthers win this weekend on Sunday, do not – and I mean do not expect me at work on Monday. I don't blame I you. said, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Charlotte. I'm going to party with every single Panthers fan out on the streets. And I'm going into a Dick Sporting Goods, and I'm buying because you know they would open at midnight. They were supposed right. to open at midnight yep. if the Panthers won two sale T-shirts. I said I was going to buy every single bit of memorabilia nice. I could, and of course Von Miller uh, destroyed you. Just, just destroyed just you. everything. Destroyed. He, 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 ru- he ruins everything that's good, Jam. He hit Cam Newton so hard, Cam couldn't play the rest of the game. <laughs> I mean, he was behind center, but he did not play. Let's just be honest. Well, I've actually got a couple. Um, so, one for me is like, you know, I'm a huge NASCAR fan. Okay. So, um, I remember 1990 um, watching Dale Earnhardt dominate. Right. Let me ask you this. Was that the Wrangler car? No, this would this would be no this would be the uh, Goodwrench Chevrolet. Okay, yeah, in '88 he went to the uh, black. He went to black Goodwrench. Yeah, so I remember watching Dale Earnhardt dominate the race. I think at one point in the race he had a 40 second lead, and you can go around the track in like 48 seconds. Okay, so he almost had a so yeah he almost had a lap on the whole field, and there was a late caution. Everybody comes in and pits. And the whole thing with Dale Earnhardt, I know I don't know if you're a NASCAR fan or not, but I'm not. the whole thing with Dale Earnhardt was he'd won everything in the in the whole NASCAR had to offer. Right. He won everything except 
the Daytona 500. Right. And the Daytona 500 had always eluded him in some drastic way. Like, you know, one year he hit a seagull on the backstretch. Really? And it tore up his car. Uh, he ran out of gas. Okay. You know, with like three laps left. Right. I mean, just he every way he could lose it, he, he lost found a, he it. He found yeah. a way. And I think the only lap up until then was like lap 49 and then lap uh, – 200 were the only two laps in the race that he hadn't led. Oh, wow. Which, you know, 200 being the last. Right. So they have a late caution. He comes around. They take off. They have the green. He takes off, and he's ahead of everybody. He comes into the last corner, and the the, the commentator's like, well, it looks like Dale Hart's going to do it. He goes into the third turn, blows the tire. Are you serious? He goes into the third turn, blows the tire, winds up finishing fifth. And the guy – who had never won a race on a low-income, low budget, shoestring race team, wins right. the race. Who was that? Derek Cope. Never heard of him. Exactly. You've never heard of him. He only won one other race after that. Really? But every time I see Derek Cope on TV, because he does a little bit of announcing from time to time for yeah. NASCAR, every time I see him, I think, yep, yeah, you're, you're the guy that ruined the day. Yeah. Now, did Dale Earnhardt ever win? He did, and that would be another one of my uh, – another one of my okay. – Good memories in 1998. Um, he had a very, very dominant car. Um, they came in with about 60 to go, or no, about 40 to go. There was a caution, and uh, he came in, got two tires, beat everyone out of the pit. So he's first. Okay. So his teammate pushes him out to the lead, and then he just holds off the whole crowd. Like it was great because at the time you had the best of the best that would kept coming up and challenge him. Right. You had Rusty Wallace. You had Bobby Labonte. You had you had Jeff Gordon, and each he'd hold each one of them off one by one as right. they came. And then with about a lap to go or two laps to go, they have a caution on the back straightaway. And back then you raced to the line, okay. and, then the, and then the race was over. Now they would freeze it and do a green-white checker. Okay. Well, he raced to the line, beat everybody to the line. Oh, sweet. He wins the race. And because he had went 20 years, like Mike Joy said, 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration, Dale Earnhardt wins the Daytona 500. Right. When he's coming into the uh, pit road, they actually all the crew members from every single crew comes out to pit oh, road. Oh, sweet! Yeah, it was so cool, dude. It gave me chill bumps, man, because right. you got to think this is a guy that roughed some people up over oh, the years, yeah. uh, wrecked I mean, them. You know, he, he was called the Intimidator, correct? Called the Intimidator. You right. know, uh, uh, great name you know, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, the best name in racing. But um, every single crew member came out there to congratulate him and high five him. As he, as he come by. I'd have spit in my hand if I'd done You that. would have, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's, I, mean, there, I, know there's, I know there's something about you I dislike. I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, no, I, you know, everyone said, which I, I have no idea, like I know very little about racing, but you always hear the statement, you know, NASCAR died when he had that wreck and got killed at yes. Daytona. And so that was what, you know, ended, ended racing for a lot of people. Uh, like I, I couldn't tell you who races on the circuit now. Well, and there, it's a like I said, there's no personalities in racing anymore. Um, but but yeah, for I think. But let me ask you this. All right, let's let's stay on NASCAR for a second because okay, educate me here because this is Bizarro barbells today. Bizarro. Do you think there's no personalities in racing because of restrictor plates and they try to make everyone kind of even? So no one stands out? No. No, I think there's no personalities in racing. And I, we kind of covered this a little bit before. I think there's no personalities because you can't be a personality in racing anymore. Um, you've got to have this squeaky clean image about you for your sponsorship dollars. But here's the thing, right? 
NASCAR was was built off of bootlegging, correct? And and NASCAR wants to get away from that. But why? That that's your roots. That, right? That's where you came from. You're that, you're exactly you know you're right. exactly right, and I and I agree with you a hundred percent. But NASCAR in general wants to get away from that, and here's where NASCAR here's where NASCAR doesn't realize okay. what they're doing wrong. They want to get away from guys like me that grew up watching racing right. that watched donuts on the side of the car the tire donuts on the side of the car you know you'd knock a fender off and who cares you could still go and out, right. go out there and win the race um it's looked at as a redneck sport okay you, when you watch it you think oh just a bunch of old rednecks out there running their cars right well that's your image right or, or you know that's person a's image of right. it well, they're trying to get away from that, and as much as they do to try to get away from that, they're scaring away. They're 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 running off those good old boys that say, enjoy the sport base. to try to get other people that only think of their sport as a redneck right. sport. Well, let me ask you this, right? Because we've seen this play out in the last year in golf. Okay, two totally different things. But now you've got this LIV turn, like mm-hmm. you know, this almost like this uh, uh, underground golf, right? You know, yeah, these guys are getting paid. Could you ever see a good old – I mean, to me it makes sense. Yeah. A good old boy network racing. It's not NASCAR. But, you know, let's just say there, there, it's the what now? What what kind of cup is it? Uh, oh, it's just it's just called NASCAR Cup Series uh, now. NASCAR. They don't, they don't really have a sponsor. It was before that, it was, it was Before that, it was Monster Energy. All right, let's yeah. say the Monster. All of a sudden, hey, we're, we're bringing back the Winston Cup. Yeah. And, and this is – it's going to North Wilkesboro. It's going to Martinsville. It's going yeah. to Tallah, and it's going to the original tracks. Why wouldn't somebody offer that? And see, that's that's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question that I that in my mind, why can't we do something like that? I mean, um, there's plenty of money out there. Let, let's go and, back and have have the actual stock cars. Get get a car that you get off the assembly line. Run that. Put a put a big big block v8 in it right you know and let's go to some of these old tracks where you can where you can bump and you can grind and you yeah. can you can you can rub and let's let's go back there run what you brung yeah and let's make it happen yeah I, now these, there's I, I'm terminology baby yeah like yeah yeah and drive it like you stole it you Absolutely. forgot that one yeah. yeah and don't bring nothing back but the steering wheel so yeah but it, to me it just makes sense if, if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of the good old boys you're gonna get rid of who brought you here to the dance well, we start a new dance. Well, I I think that NASCAR is learning that they have made a mistake over the years because if I don't know if you paid attention or not, but I NASCAR haven't. is actually has actually announced that they're going back to North Wilkesboro well, uh, yeah, and they're going to have the Na- they're going to have the uh, All Star race there right, in twenty twenty three. And so, which is good, but I mean, to me, why alienate your fans who got you to where you are? Yeah, it and I, I it's got to be money. Uh, oh, I, I mean, they were following the cash cow in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. I mean, NASCAR was NASCAR was as big as the NFL in the, oh, back agree. then. And the, I mean, the TV deals that they have, the TV deals are outlandish. Like the, the money that's rolling in over there. But do you hey, do you have another one? You uh, got another one? Because I, I, I got another one too. I got another one. Uh, and this is well, I got I've got a couple. Like one is our Ric Flair's last match, but we've talked about that. I mean. Yeah, that, that was that great. Was one, one of the highlights. Of, you guys can go back. What episode was that? Sixteen or something like that. Yeah. But for me, uh, back in the day, back in the eighties, there used to be a golf tournament in Tanglewood called the Bing Crosby Golf Tournament, and it was a celebrity golf tournament that raised money uh, for people in that area. 
I never and, heard of that. Oh, man. That's the, uh, Dean Smith played in it. Michael Jordan played in it. Lou Holtz played in it. Dr. J played in it. Uh, all these actors, Bob Hope and all those guys, they all made a trip, like I said, in the 80s. <laughs> and we actually have a lady uh, that goes to our church here as an amateur golfer. She could have turned pro. She was offered to play in it, turned it down. Wow. Uh, and so, But I remember we were out there, and, you know, this was before Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan. And I remember we was going up a tee box, and there was this huge crowd. And uh, me and my buddy looked up, and it was Dr. J. And literally, he was from me to the doorway from the tee box. I bet you shaking like a leaf and on I a tree. Like, holy cow, man! There's Dr. J, all six foot nine. Yeah. Him. I was like, holy cow! But I mean, there was no ropes, no, you know, this is back in the day. And so I was like, man, and you know, they were signing autographs. And I was like, I want to get Dr. J's autograph. I want to get Dr. J's autograph. I got to get this. And so I didn't know anything about golf etiquette at the time. No idea. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit ahead of them. Uh, where I can, you know, I'm looking back to watch him swing and see where it goes. And I remember vividly, he was in his backswing. And I went, hey, Dr. J! Oh, no. And he shanked it. Oh, no. And it rolled to my feet. Oh, so he's got to come over there where you're at. He's got to walk over to where I am after I had just yelled at him. All six foot nine. My buddy Scott Simmons was with me. He was like, oh, God, we're going to die. <laughs> And so I'm standing there all, you know, five foot eight, hundred pounds, soaking wet. He walks over, I was like, Hey man, can I get your autograph? <laughs> and did he? <laughs> he looked at me and they were playing Captain's Choice. Yeah. And so his shot didn't matter. Yeah. And he kinda laughed and grinned. He said, Were you the one who yelled at me? I was like, Yeah, my bad. Yeah. I I'll probably just say my bad, but I was like I'm sorry, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. That, that was me. As I got pee running down the side of my leg from being terrified of this big, this big six foot nine black guy looking at me. Oh yeah, that and, would be uh, very, very terrifying. He was, he was very, very large. And uh, so I had my my Crosby ticket hooked to my waist. My man pulled out a sharpie, signed it for me, gave me a high five, rolled up. We walked up a couple holes, and then I, I ran into Lou Holtz, and Lou Holtz actually gave me an autograph. So. That to me, just getting Dr. J's autograph was was one of my highlights. That's pretty special, man. Um, I guess we can close the show out with this one. Um, I ha I have a memory that uh, I actually went to sleep when this happened. So it's the 1992 <laughs> great memory. Probably yeah, I fell asleep. Well, well, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a kid. It's 1992. I'm 10 years old. It's a weekday. Um, it's the Braves and the Pirates for the uh, NLCS uh, National League Championship Series. Okay. Um, to determine who's going to the World Series. Okay. Um, the Braves. It's Game Seven. Braves are down by two. Yeah. Watch the whole game, and uh, it's bottom of the eighth, or no, middle of the eighth. And my dad's like, you know what? Let's go to bed. They're gonna lose. I said, yeah, you're right. They ain't playing worth the crap. Two, been two nothing the whole game. Right. Go to bed. Wake up the next morning. My dad's shaking me, shaking me out of bed. He's hey hey. I said what? He goes they won. I said huh? He said they won. When we went to bed, they won. They scored three. I said oh, wow. what? So went back. You know, and back then the headline news would play twenty four seven. Right. You know, uh, and uh, basically I have a sports update. Right. You know, every fifteen minutes, and they actually played the highlights of the uh, of the last inning, and Terry Pendleton led off with like a single, 
And then their pitcher, who had pitched the whole game, basically walked the bases loaded. Oh, wow. So then we got a uh, sacrifice out. And then I think Sid Bream is on somebody else walked. So they, they run the bases loaded again. So then you got you got Terry Pendleton, who who scored. Somebody else is on third. I, I remember Sid Bream. My man Sid Bream is on second with the two bad knees. I know Sid Vicious. And Francisco Cabrera. He had 12 bats that whole year. Is up to bat. He's pinch hitting. Uh-oh. He hits a blooper down to the uh, right right center. Here comes, uh, God, I can't remember. Was it Ron Gant maybe that was on third? He scored. Here comes Sid Bream. He's hobbling oh. on those two bad legs, and he scores, and you can hear uh, Chip Carey go, Braves win, Braves win, Braves win. Now, here's what, I, here's what I remember about, because they go to the World Series, they face Toronto. Yes, and I we lost. I do remember that. Yep. But do you remember the controversy behind that? Yeah, it was uh, first base. It was, uh, no. was it was it Ron Gant? No. When Toronto came to Atlanta, mm-hmm. because I was in Canada, right? This yeah. Where I was going to school. When Toronto came to Atlanta to play the World Series, they hung the Canadian flag upside down during the national anthem. Ooh. Ooh. And the Canadians went absolutely wild. Wow. Because they were like, this is so disrespectful, blah, 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 blah. They had the – because their flag is red and white with a maple leaf in yeah. the middle. Well, the, they hung the maple leaf. You know that was done on purpose. Everyone said, you know, back then, well, you know, we didn't know how they, they hung the flag. Oh, but yeah. But they hung the maple leaf flag upside They knew down. exactly what they were doing. Yeah, That's so. probably Bobby Cox. I bet Bobby Cox said to do that. Probably right after he beat his wife and got drunk. <laughs> Yeah, he got drunk with Otis Nixon. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. All right, y'all, that's been our episode of Bizarro. We hope, we hope you've enjoyed Bizarro, Barbells and Tall Tales, ladies and gentlemen. If you like Dean Sweat running the show more than me, leave us a comment. Hey, remember, hit that like, hit that share button, get the word out. This is Barbells and Tall Tales. Woo! Ready?